This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Friday night. It's the preview show. It's the No Name Never Podcast! Hello and welcome to the preview show brought to you by the Known and Never podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Bromley, but joining me is the main man himself, the headliner of the preview show, Mr. Dave Statman Roberts. Hello, Dave. Hello, Natalie. Hello, listeners. We've uh, we've got some good news this week with a, a burn. Well, is it does it a Burnley victory? Does it count as a victory? I don't think it does. As a stats person, if it's a nil nil after extra time, you win on penalties. It's still a draw, but we go through. Yeah, no, as a fan, it's most definitely not a draw. As a fan, it is definitely a win. Um, this is something, actually, I don't know if, if any of our listeners know, but I write a column for the Lancashire Telegraph, and one of my comments this week was getting off the mark, and, and I, I very much took it as a victory. And, I, I, yeah, I guess we would have much rather have had three points in the league and got our um, win off to a good start in, in, in league form. But, yeah, I'm taking a win, David. I think it's a great thing. And you know what? That's both. Yeah, well, yes, that would be that would be ideal. But let's not get greedy. Um, and in the absence of any league points yet, Dave, I love a cup run. You know this. Our listeners know this. I say this all the time. Um, and I, I think, I think a victory is good for morale. I think it's good for attitudes around the club. So win the next round of the draw, Rochdale at home is going to be great. I'm going to go. I'm going to cheer the boys on, and I'm in a buoyant mood this week, Dave. How are you? Uh, yeah, yeah, not too bad. And looking forward to uh, to the match coming up on Sunday. Definitely, me too. Right, well, we've got lots to talk about, and obviously that match on Sunday is obviously the main thing we're going to talk about because that's why we are here, listeners. Uh, We have all sorts of things to talk about. We have our usual format. We have a quiz question we need to give you an answer to. We are going to look at this next league game. We're going to give you a fantasy Premier League uh, update, which is going to be the last week, we think, for letting entrance in. So we're going to let you know how the early stages are. And then we're going to set you a international break quiz question. Don't you dare tell us, listeners, that we don't spoil you. Um, so, Dave, let's go straight on by giving our listeners the answer to the quiz question from last week, in which you asked two questions, uh, one easier one and one harder one, which is a new format for this season. And the easier one being, Burnley won at Anfield for the first time in a Premier League match last season, thanks to Ashley Barnes' penalty. 
But which player was denied a winning goal in the previous season's meeting there when his shot in the final minutes struck the crossbar? Ooh, I think most people knew this one. But the harder one was really hard. So the harder question was, other than the four players we included in our club connection poll, which were Les Shannon, Brian Hall, Danny Ings and Peter Crouch, how many other players can you name who have played competitive matches for Liverpool and Burnley since World War Two? Oh, Dave, that was a stinker. Why don't you tell our listeners what the correct answers were, please? Yeah, the correct answers were, and we had quite a few people who got uh, the first part anyway, the easier one, it was uh, Johan Berg-Gudmundsen. He was the player whose shot hit the crossbar in Burnley's 1-1 draw at Anfield in July 2020, which meant that we had to wait another six months to taste victory at Anfield. Um, and the other four players there were, we didn't actually say how many there were, but we uh, got various answers through. Uh, the four, four players who had played for Liverpool and Burnley since World War II, other than the ones that uh, you've mentioned from our poll, were uh, Peter Kipax, Jim Fennell from uh, 50s and 60s, um, and then also more recently, slightly more recently, Paul Stewart, who came to us on loan, a uh, forgettable one there, and uh, John Flanagan under Sean Dyche, of course. Mm. Um, and I don't think anyone got all uh, both questions 100% right, although several people did know the answer to the easier question. But I'm going to give a special shout-out to regular quizzer Jan. Uh, he gets my award for Quizzer of the Week after getting Gudmundsen as the player who hit the crossbar, as well as three of the four other players. He didn't get Peter Kipax, he got the other three. Uh, they were the ones who played for Burnley and Liverpool. Uh, but well done to everyone who got any of those uh, answers correct. Yeah, well done. Um, that was a hard one. That that second one was uh, was one of your toughest ones, Dave. Well, stay tuned, listeners, because we are going to be giving you another pair of questions to test that Claret's knowledge of yours at the end of the show. So stay tuned. Premier League head to head. Okay, preview show, Dave. We are, of course, playing our third league game of this season. It's Leeds United at home, Sunday, the 29th of August at 2 pm, which is live on Sky Sports. We start the preview show this week, Dave, with our look at the history of this fixture. So, why don't you kick us off with the Premier League meetings, please? Uh, yeah, well, the aim for this season's preview show is to focus on the past Premier League meetings at the relevant venue. However, uh, with just one past Premier League season that the two teams have uh, been together, that was last season. Um, so basically, we've only got Burnley's 4-0 defeat from last May to look at, and we don't want to go into that in too much detail. No. So we're going to expand the criteria this week and look at Burnley's overall top flight record at Turf Moor against Leeds United since World War II. Uh, so during this time, the visitors have actually had slightly the better of the results. They've had six wins to Burnley's five. There's not too many uh, visiting teams who can say that. And there have been four draws. Uh, there haven't been uh, too many other, uh, as I say, too many other teams who've done so well. So we know it's going to be a, a tough game and a real battle when Leeds United are in town on Sunday. Um, so this is just the second time Leeds have visited Turf Moor for a Premier League game. Um, and the first time that the fans have been allowed into the ground, because obviously last mm. season it was played behind closed doors. Uh, so hopefully we can look forward to some more top flight matches between the two clubs in the years ahead. 
yeah, you kind of forget that, don't you? Poor Leeds fans. And I do say poor Leeds fans because irrespective of our rival with, with Leeds, they are still football fans and very passionate ones at that. You cannot knock Leeds United for being committed to their club. Um, it was their first season back in the Premier League for such a long time and the poor guys didn't get to go to one um, game, which is obviously very disappointing for them, the poor things. Memory match! Um Okay, memory match then, Dave. Next section. Um, what have we picked for this one? Yeah, well, throughout this season, we're selecting one memory match for each episode, which will be a past meeting between the two clubs at the same venue as the forthcoming match. Uh, this week, we've gone back to the very early days of Sean Dyche's time as Burnley manager. In fact, it was just his second game in charge in 2012. He'd overseen a 2-0 home win over Wolves on the Saturday, in early November, uh, but Leeds United were the visitors to Turf Moor uh, just four days later on Tuesday the 6th of November for a 7.45pm kickoff. Um, after a goalless first half, it was nil, still nil-nil with 10 minutes to play, but shortly afterwards, with just seven minutes remaining, Charlie Austin got his head to a trademark Kieran Trippier cross and netted the only goal of the game past Paddy Kenny. Uh, the managers that day, of course, had mentioned it was Sean Dyche for Burnley. It was Neil Warnock who was the uh, Leeds United manager, and the attendance was 14,470. Wow. Uh, Sean Dyche was delighted with his second win in four days, as well as the goal-scoring form of his star striker. Uh, opposition manager, meanwhile, Neil Warnock, bemoaned his side's look, claiming that it felt like he'd been mugged. There were his words. Uh, but as we know, Colin always did like to have a good moan. He did. He certainly did. And we do miss him for that. Not. Um, <laughs> what about uh, the first of our new features for this season, please, Dave? And I do like this section. It is our On This Day. Whoa, what have you picked for this? Uh, well, it's not a case of what I pick because they, they pick themselves. We've had uh, 25 Ooh. previous matches on the 29th of August. They got all the way back. To 1925, um, and the first of those matches played on this date uh, was the opening league game of the 1925-26 season. Uh, Burnley failed spectacularly to adjust to a change in the offside rule. This is one we actually mentioned in a, um, a, a preview show on previous seasons. Um, we were handed an embarrassing record league defeat to Aston Villa by a 10-0 scoreline. Can you wow. imagine? Uh, social media's reaction to, to that these days. Yeah, it would it be something else. No, it really doesn't. It really <laughs> doesn't. Sorry, I'm twitching. You shot from then, Dave. Do carry on. Uh, but in between the defeats, there have been a, a few victories. Uh, starting in 1928, we had a 7-2 away win at Newcastle United. That included the George Beale hat-trick. There was a 3-0 home win over Nottingham Forest in 1936, in which a 16-year-old Tommy Lawton very uh, memorable name from the past, scored twice. Um, and Burnley were 4-1 winners at home to Sheffield Wednesday in 1953, when Brian Pilkington and Billy Gray scored two goals each. Uh, coming a little bit uh, further into the future, uh, in 1972, we beat Preston North End 2-0 at home. Hey. And then there was a 4-3 home win. Uh, that was against Carlisle United in the fourth division in 1987. At uh, the most recent time, Burnley have played on August the 29th, so the sixth of those victories on that date. Um, it was a championship match that took place six years ago. That was in 2015. Uh, it was a 2-1 away win at Bristol Rovers. Uh, Sean Dyche faced former 
Burnley manager Steve, sorry, not Bristol Rovers, Bristol City. Uh, Sean Dyche faced uh, former Burnley manager Steve Cottrell. He was in charge uh, down there. Uh, a first half goal, uh, first half goals from Ben Mee and Michael Keane were enough to secure the win for Burnley, despite a late consolation from Jonathan Kutcher. Um, our overall record on the 29th of August isn't brilliant. We've played 25, won six, drawn six, and lost 13. Wow, gosh, sometimes I miss the good old days, Dave. The excitement of the lower leagues and those really good fights. But, you know, now we just try and stay in the Premier League. Club Connection! Um, Second new fixture then, which is the Club Connection. Now, tell us where this is going. Right, well, yes, the Club Connection section is where we take a look at the players who spent time at both clubs, uh, with a particular focus on one individual. Uh, there was plenty of choice for players who've represented both Burnley and Leeds United since the Second World War. We picked out four of them and posted a quick poll on Twitter last weekend for a snapshot of who our followers wanted us to focus on. Uh, the four we picked were Brian Flynn, Robbie Blake, Clark Carlisle and Ian Moore. Now... This was a very good, I do like it, and I'm always whinging at our uh, listeners to make sure they interact because you're all a bit lazy sometimes, you don't interact. But we had over 350 responses to this, didn't they? And we got a very clear winner as to who our listeners wanted you to feature on. It was, of course, who else could it have been but Robbie Blake. And he led the way with over two-thirds of the overall vote. So he is going to be the player that young Dave is going to be showcasing this week. Dave, over to you. Indeed, yes, Robbie Blake. Uh, after spells at Darlington and Bradford City, Stan Turnant brought Robbie Blake to Turf Moor in January 2002 for a fee in the region of £1 million. Uh, he missed much of that season due to a hernia injury. We got to see what he was capable of during the next two and a half seasons when he forged a productive partnership with Gareth Taylor. It was also the club's top scorer in 2003-2004. And he was eventually tempted away to join Premier League Birmingham City. That was in January 2005. Uh, but before that, he managed to find the net 51 times in 137 appearances for the Clarets, uh, including more than his fair share of spectacular free kicks. He spent just six months with the Blues before becoming a White. He joined Leeds United in the summer of 2005 uh, and played 87 times for them, scoring 20 goals uh, before making a return to Turf Moor. Another player who came back for a, a second spell, he came back in a cut price £250,000 deal. That was in the summer of 2007. Um, and after helping the Clarets to promotion in May 2009 with that win at Wembley against Sheffield United, he famously scored a very, very special goal at Turf Moor to beat Manchester United in Burnley's first home Premier League match in August 2009. His second spell with us delivered 21 goals in a further 145 appearances before he moved to Bolton Wanderers, followed by his final move to Doncaster Rovers. Uh, Robbie Blake was equally at home on the wing, where his attacking runs were often mesmerising, or in a central attacking position. He also scored 10 free kicks for Burnley. That's more than any other player in the club's history. I think it's fair to say that Robbie Blake remains extremely popular among Burnley fans. Yeah, he very much does. And he's such a hero to so many people. And a lot of people still credit him as being the best player they've ever seen playing a Claren blue shirt. Um, I'm quite surprised, actually, Dave, you went through that entire focus without mentioning a certain pair of underpants. Bad beat, Bob, yes. Yes, they were they were amusing. I think that was the first time that 
we got some a bit of fun with Burnley, wasn't it? A player who was, you know, lapping it up to the media and, and getting us a little bit of attention. It was a uh, oh god, it was such a season that 2000, 2009 season, wasn't it? Yeah, that was just such a, such a season. Anyway, that's the history taken care of, listeners. So let us move on, drag ourselves into twenty twenty one, and find out what's going on with the present, starting with new feature scouting report. Uh, yeah, unlike Burnley, who we know tend to nearly always line up in a 4-4-2 formation, Leeds United manager uh, Marcelo Bielsa likes to vary his approach, often within the same game. He's already started with a 4-4-1-1 formation and a 4-3-3-4-3 in Leeds United's first two Premier League games of the season, although his most favoured starting formation for the previous campaign seemed to be 4-1-4-1 with Calvin Phillips playing in between the two banks of four and Patrick Bamford as a lone striker, but with support from the flexible attacking four-man midfield. However, there is a school of thought which believes this often transitions to an even more offensive 3-3-1-3 formation during the game. In terms of summer transfer activity, Leeds finally turned winger Jack Harrison's lengthy loan from Manchester City into a permanent deal. The 25-year-old fullback Junior Firpo also arrived from Barcelona, and their only other incomings have been youngsters, uh, Amari Miller, Sean McGurk, Lewis Bates, and goalkeeper Christopher Kleisen. Um, our visitors had an impressive return to the top flight last season, finishing ninth, but will be looking to try and avoid second season syndrome now that other clubs have a better idea of who they are and how they play. Definitely. So what else can you tell our listeners about Leeds United's players and particularly, I guess, their current injury situation? Uh, Well, a proxy for the most effective players during last season is the Fantasy Premier League points. And last season, Patrick Bamford, who's just been called up uh, for Mm. the England squad, he led the way for Leeds, another former Claret. Uh, He uh, was with us for a short while on loan. And he had a very impressive 194 points, scored a lot of goals uh, and got a lot of assists last season. Uh, He was ably supported by Stuart Dallas. 171 points, and Jack Harrison, who got 160. Uh, but another quartet of players, uh, Melier, Rafina, the now-departed Alioski and Ailing, all broke the 100 points barrier. Uh, there aren't too many worries in the treatment room for this weekend's visitors. Uh, Robin Cock has been out with a minor injury, but he may be back in contention for this match. Uh, and thanks once again to Premier Injuries for their insight into the injury situation across the Premier League. Definitely. Um, Well, that's our perspective on Leeds United. And as you know, we do tend to try and bring you an opposition view. Um, This week, we got John McKenzie to speak to us to give his lowdown on what he thinks ahead of tomorrow's game. Opposition view. So the first question is this, how he feels transfer window is going. I suppose this question presupposes that the transfer window is going and for Leeds it very much hasn't been going, at least since we signed Junior Firpo from Barcelona right at the beginning of the window. He was a backup left back who was brought in to replace Gianni Alioski. Other than that, we've brought in a backup goalkeeper, uh, Christopher Klaassen from Valerenga in Norway and we brought in a lot of under-23s talent. That's it. There's a lot of Leeds fans who are quite nervous about the prospect of going into the season without making some signings, particularly in the central midfield spaces. We're also heading 
headlong towards a, a selection problem when Rafinha is going to be heading out to Brazil to play for the national team and with various COVID regulations means he'll miss a, a fair amount of time and Helder Costa, who won't really be a starter, will be out because he'll be playing for Angola as well. But the problem is going to be that we're going to have not enough players to play in the wing if this happens. So we're already heading towards some kind of squad selection problem. So how do I feel the transfer window is going? I'm not someone who wants us to sign loads of players, but I am someone who wants us to have a solid squad with depth and we don't currently have that. So yeah, a little bit nervous about the shape of the squad going into the season. Question number two is, what's he made of their start? Losing 5-1 to Manchester United is never fun. And it's one of those things like going to the dentists for Leeds fans at the moment because something that we know isn't going to be fun, really. And and so it proved. The Everton game was more indicative, I think. I think there are some concerning signs there that there is a blueprint of how to play against Leeds and teams are picking up on that and we'll see that happening more and Leeds will struggle to get the edge that they got last season from it. So Everton sat their fullbacks deep, they pressed in wide areas and, and basically stopped Leeds from attacking through Rafinha and Harrison. And they mid-block pressed and, and just forced Leeds into those wide areas and then pressed them. And that's the way to cause Leeds problems, particularly if you're a mid-table side. So in many respects, I feel good that we're off the mark and we're on the board and we're not on zero points and we're not in the relegation zone. But I think this season is going to be a bit of an eye-opener for some Leeds fans compared to last season where I think the the general consensus is, well, the Premier League's easy. We'll push on for Europe next season. So the next question is predicted lineup slash approach. Because Marcelo Bielsa plays a man-marking system largely, an opposition structure will dictate our structure. So with Burnley playing a 4-4-2, we will play a 3-3-1-3. And it will look something like Ilan Melier in goal, probably Liam Cooper at left centre-back, maybe Pascal Strauch. It depends if Diego Llorente is back to play centre-centre-back and then it could be it could be Strauch or Cooper in the left centre-back position. Luke Ayling usually plays right centre-back when we play a back three and I don't expect that to change. Calvin Phillips will play in the in the pivot role in the centre of the midfield with Stuart Dallas and Junior Firpo either side of him, right and left sides respectively. The only other real question of who will play is whether or not Mateus Klick will start in the one role, the, the, the sort of midfielder behind the striker. It could be the case that we see Rodrigo playing, who obviously caused problems for Burnley last time around. But he has been injured, so if he's fit, he'll play. If not, it'll be Mateus Click, And then Harrison and Rafinha either side of him, and then Bamford up front. Uh, the fourth question is score prediction. I'm not very good at these. I suspect that the game will be a little bit closer than we might like to expect as Leeds fans. So I'll go with 2-1 to Leeds, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's a draw. Interesting stuff. Okay, Dave, before you and I have a very quick chat about how we think the weekend's going to go, I think we still have one more stat to cover, which is who's going to be our referee at the weekend. Uh, we have got Michael Oliver of Ashington in Northumberland. He's going to take charge of Sunday's match. Uh, he's still aged only 36, but he's been on the Premier League's select group list since August 2010. Uh, that makes him uh, makes it his 12th season at the top level. Um, he follows in the footsteps of his father, Clive, who was also a football referee and was in charge for eight Burnley games between 2005 and 2009. Uh, Oliver the Younger took charge of just two Burnley matches last season 
Uh, he was there uh, for the narrow 1-0 home defeat to Spurs, as well as our 3-0 away win at Crystal Palace. 15 of his previous 23 Burnley games have been in the Premier League, and our overall record in those matches is not great. Uh, we've won three, drawn three, and lost nine. Uh, in fact, our only Premier League victory at Turf Moor, when Michael Oliver was in charge, was against Crystal Palace. That was in September 2017. Chris Wood scored an early opener, and Burnley won 1-0. And I think it's all settled for the same again this weekend. Uh, Michael Oliver's other eight Premier League games at Turf Moor have resulted in one draw and seven defeats. Uh, the video assistant referee for Sunday will be Chris Kavanagh. Statman Dave's Stat of the Week! Do you know what? I don't think we need to talk about our, how we feel about the game, Dave. Because you know what I'm going to say, don't you? You don't like to leave it there. You like to treat our listeners for being loyal and sticking with us. So why don't you delve deep into those pockets of yours and give our listeners your miscellaneous stat of the week. I'm going to do better than that, Natalie. I'm going to have two. <gasps> Whoa. Okay. <laughs> listeners, I'm going to pause here, and I'm going to jump firmly in the defence of our listeners. Because how many times in previous shows, as Dave got his rule book out and not allowed quiz answers because it was slightly wrong, not allowed this and not allowed that cut-off dates, and Dave Statman Roberts just... Breaks the rules whenever he wants. So you can have this one this week, Dave, but I'm going to remember this one because then the next time you start being harsh to our listeners, we're going to call this out. So off you go. Our two miscellaneous stats of the week, please. <laughs> okay, so first of all, cast your mind back, way back before the pandemic, to February 2020. Uh, Matij Vidra was introduced as a 22nd-minute sub at Southampton after Chris Wood suffered a tight hamstring. And it was Matej Vidra who scored the winning goal in that match in the second half. But there have been another 52 Premier League games for Burnley since then. And none of the players who Sean Dyche has introduced from the bench have managed to find the net. We know that strength in depth at the club has been lacking, meaning that options are limited. And this is one stat that certainly seems to back this up to illustrate the squad depth issues we've faced over the past 18 months. Uh, the second stat relates to the much-talked-about fact that Burnley's starting eleven uh, on Saturday included all of the shirt numbers from 1 through to 11. Although this was the first time it had happened in the Premier League since Charlton Athletic in 1998-99, we have seen it more recently for a Burnley game. That was a nil-nil draw at Wigan Athletic in the Championship in September 2004. I did think, and I think there was quite a little bit of uh, banter on social media, Dave, where we did fully expect that you would get excited about the 1 to 11 shirts. I think everybody thought that you were going to give us some fascinating stats. And you didn't disappoint, young Dave. I was on it straight away. I imagine. Predictable or consistent? I'm going to go with consistent because we do love love a good start. You didn't disappoint us there. Um, Okay, then. How do you feel about the weekend? I mean... Two, two games, two losses. We really, really, really need something from this game, Dave. We could do with something before the international break. Yeah, we've obviously uh, had two defeats in the first couple of games. Leeds haven't had the uh, uh, best start to the season, although they, they, they did go through in the uh, Cup as well. So maybe both sides, are um, their confidence is rising a little bit after mm. uh, better performances and results in midweek. Um, it's going to be a tough one. We know that, um, well, all games are tough. We've, we've, that goes without saying. But yeah. uh, Leeds do have a, a very good record at Turf Moor. Uh, they had a, a convincing victory when they came towards the end of last season. Uh, Burnley are going to need to be on their A game to uh, 
to make sure we can get a positive result out of the game. But it's not going to be uh, not going to be easy. And if I had to predict a result, I'm going to sit on that fence again. I'm going to go for a draw. <laughs> I'm going to go for one one. You don't think that we should be and could win this game at home, Dave? I mean, we certainly. I should think be. we could, but that's not what you're asking me. You're asking what I think it will be, and I think it will be a draw. Do you think, Dave? You're getting good at this. You, you've learned from me too well. You don't let me. I, I always pin you into a corner. Do you think we can win? Of course, yes. Good. I like this. I think. And we could lose. I think we're going to win. I, I actually think for. Probably a good 60 minutes against Brighton. I thought we played very well um, defensively. You know, we just got outdone with the the lack of, of availability to change the game on defence. I actually thought the Liverpool game, we played really well. But the problem is, is that you can play an absolute brilliant team, the best team you've ever had, and play your absolute A game. And you're probably still going to lose away from Liverpool. They look frighteningly strong this year. I think they've got their problems of last season firmly out of their system. Um but I'm really encouraged by how well they played. I thought they put in a good performance. And throughout that, you can't play as well as we did against Brighton and against Liverpool throughout the entire season and not pick some points up. So um, I think I'm encouraged. Um, I'm, ex- I'm really pleased Lennon signed again. I know that is a polarising opinion, but I am I'm pleased to see Lennon back. We still need two, in my opinion, bodies in there. But um, well, let's see how we go. So I'm going to go for a Burnley win. I'm going to say 1-0. Uh, actually, no, I'm going to have to go 2-1 because in with violin, always, Patrick Bamford always scores against us because he hates us. So he's going to score, but we're going to win. So I'm going to say 2-1 and Ben Mee with a header is going to get the winner. <laughs> That'd be good stuff. Um, listeners, let us know what you predict the score will be, please. You can tweet us at never. You can put a comment on our Facebook page or you can tweet us at Oh, what's our email? What's our new email address? Preview show. Preview show. Hey, do you know what? We've got that many emails now, Dave. I forget which one they've got to send it into. Preview show at nonanever.net. Um, send us your score prediction, who's going to score, and how they score, please. You know the drill, listeners. Get involved. Fantasy Premier League update. Okay, second half of the show, and we're getting to exciting competition off the pitch, Dave, which is, of course, the much-loved and highly coveted Nona Never Fantasy Premier League. Game week two has completed, so we have another update for you. Dave, why don't you let us know which of the managers in our league are leading the way in this very early stage? Uh, well, as you say, it is still very uh, early days uh, with two game weeks completed out of the 38. So we're just only 5% into the season. However, uh, we did have a quick update in our weekly newsletter, which goes out each Monday, but that's written before any Monday night games have been played. So we can exclusively bring you the latest league table update following the completion of all the game week two fixtures. Uh, we're going to give you the top six. And the reason for that is that the uh, managers in, th- well, third, fourth, fifth and sixth are actually all equal third. They're all on 192 points. Yeah. It's tight at the top already. Uh, we've got those four are Josh Bond, D Hunter, um, Adam Dennett, our very own Adam Yay. Dennett, runner-up from last season, and Jack Toner. Uh, they are the four on 192 points. Uh, in second place, our current runner-up on 199 points is Joe Elliott. 
And leading the way at this very early stage on 202 points is Deck Clark. And that's our Excellent. current top six. Excellent. Well, I'm going to give a shout out to um, our third place manager at the moment because Jack Corner is a lad I've known for a long time. Um, I've been friends with his dad for... 15 plus years no 20 must be 20 years now i've been friends with his dad and i've seen jack tony since he was a little wee nipper junior legend as he's known affectionately to me so if you listen to this jack well done i'm glad you're involved this season and um yeah third place that's impressive um now how are um oh no actually we'll come on to to none and others separately now I think we said at the opening of the show dave that this was going to be our final call wasn't it for any new managers to get involved so Go on, give a rally cry, please. Yeah, we want to give everyone a final chance with this. We're into, coming into game week three. We're going to let game week three go, and then effectively the end of August, which I think is after the day after the uh, last the fixtures, um, that's going to be the cut off. So anyone uh, who tries to get in after that won't be able to. So if you want to enter the league, do it now, and we can give you the details. Uh, the league code is uh, seven. I-X-A-E-7, so I'll spell that out. It's 7 India X-Ray Alpha Echo 7. That's the code you need. Go to the Premier League website, click on Fancy Football. You can go in there. Um, you may have already joined up and not joined our league, in which case, why why have you not done that, get, in, get into our league? We've got over 320 entries already, so it's the more the merrier. We want to have everyone in there and... Uh, entertaining us for the rest of the season, basically, and seeing who's going to uh, come out as our new champion. Yeah, we've got record numbers this year, haven't we? We've got well over 300, yeah. yeah. Gets more and more popular. I really love it. Um, And obviously, because we we tend to do this, it's a democracy is the Nolan and Ever team until we tell them that they have to join the Fantasy League. Um, We do have, obviously, a separate mini league for the Nolan and Ever crew. Um, How are we all doing, Dave? Uh, Well... We've mentioned his name already. He was in the top six. So, and perhaps no surprise that Adam Dennett is leading the way in our mini league um, on 192 points, as we mentioned. Uh, Matt Moss is in second place, a little bit behind that 127. And this must be a first. You've overtaken me. What? Shock turn of events. You've got 124 points to my 121. (gasps) No. Are you joking me? Is that for real? That's for real. Dave, I've, I've peaked. Game week two, listeners, and I've peaked. It's all going to go horribly. I did warn you that I was going to be on the case this year, that I was learning, and Adam Dennett might be secretly coaching me. But I'm just, uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on, moving on. Team of the week, Dave. Who, who, should our list, who should our managers sorry, have selected in their teams? Well, yeah, these are the uh, players you should have included in your team for game week two and would have scored 142 points. Uh, that's even before taking into account your captaincy selection or any bonus chips. And the team was in a, a 5-3-2 formation. Uh, we had Larice in goal. We had a back five of uh, James, Mings, Duffy, Laporte and Alexander-Arnold. Uh, we had a midfield three of Ben Rama, Greenwood, and that's Cleek. And we had up front uh, Antonio and uh, Gabriel Jesus. So that was the uh, 11, the best players from game week two. Excellent. I, I need to do that thing again this season to see whether or not you can get all of the managers in your team with your budget. I'm going to say no. but uh, You probably can. I think with, with yeah, no biggies in there, there's no... Uh, 
Fernandez and Salah, none of them were in there. So I think you'd have been done that easily last week. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, what what did we do last season, Dave? Because we, we allocated a certain amount, didn't we? Was it ten million for reserves for your squad? They were like the low. If you got the lowest price one, no, it's probably more. It's usually about four, four and a half, the lowest one. So you probably oh. needed to have for another another five. You probably needed best part of twenty million. So you probably needed eighty from year eleven. Okay, maybe that's... Okay, that's fine. We'll be able to do that. Well, that is this week's Fantasy Premier League update. And we are, of course, going to have another update for you in our next preview show, in which we will also be looking ahead to our next Premier League match against... Whoever it is. Yeah, do you know what, listeners? I'd like to say that it's slick and seamless. Thank you. Slick and seamless on the preview show. And I'm just going through my script and... Young Dave has done a copy and paste job and forgotten to change the team. So I was about to tell you that in our next preview show, we'll be looking ahead to our Premier League match against Leeds United at Turf Moor. Not correct. Everton. Honestly, Dave. Amateurs. Statman Dave's quiz question. And finally, we are moving on to another quiz question, which we are going to leave you for the international break and give you some time to mull over. Um, It's another get one, get another free offer, isn't it, Dave? Yes, we're having uh, two quiz questions for every episode, an easier one and a more difficult quiz question to give everyone a chance. Uh, So here's our quiz questions for this week. See how you get on with them. Uh, The first one, the easier question is, uh, which player scored winning goals for Burnley against Leeds United in victories at Turf Moor in both of the Clarets' recent promotion seasons? That's 2013-14 and 2015-16. And for the more difficult question, uh, last season the matches between the two teams were played behind closed doors. But who were the two managers the last time Leeds United came to Turf Moor for a top flight match in front of a crowd? Ooh. I'm not sure I know either of these. I can probably give the easier question a good guess, but I definitely don't know the second one. But a lot of our listeners, our, our regular quiz teamers will know the answers to these, Dave. So how do they submit their answers, please? Uh, you can tweet us or send us a direct message on Twitter, preferably, as that means that no one else gets to see your answer. Uh, that's at never on Twitter. You can email us previewshow at knownanever.net or you can also reply to the post for the preview show on either the No Name Ever Facebook page or on YouTube, and we will reveal the correct answers at the start of the next preview show. We certainly will. Well, that is all we have time for in terms of regular business. Any other business, Dave? Um, community news, any announcements that we need to make? What's going on? Um, well, there is one, yeah. We, we, I think we recorded the first episode quite early when we did the uh, opening uh, match of the did. season when we played Brighton. Um, and I don't think it had been announced then what was happening with the uh, Burnley FC and the Community Food Bank collections. Ah. Uh, they did take place on the date, but because we recorded early, we didn't get a chance to mention it. Um, so um, Sean Danaher sh- joined us on the show last season to tell us all about the work that's done to help feed those in Burnley. And uh, we've got... Uh, yeah, basically, they've got the bins around Turf Moor, the collection points for people to take their uh, cans, etc., along um, and make donations on your way to the match. So uh, I'm sure that every donation 
be very much appreciated and they'll be put to good use in there. Yeah, definitely. Um, we did ask Sean if he would um, drop us a quick message that we could slot into the preview show just to, to give a little bit of shout out to the work they do there and, and give him an opportunity and a bit of a platform to pitch. Um, as at recording the preview show, he'd not got a chance to send that to us yet. So with the magic of editing, um, Matt will either slot it in after we've just finished talking um, or you'll just hear fixtures so three two one okay dave what about fixtures have we now had fixture move rounds and televisions done what, what what's going on after the international break yeah i don't think any of our games have been selected for tv certainly the uh, september or the uh, october ones uh, we know there's an extra fixture now obviously for uh, rochdale at home in the cup so the, the game's coming up uh, that we know of are uh, we play everton after the international break that's on uh, the 13th of September, that's a Monday night. It's an eight o'clock kickoff. That's a televised uh, game. Um, Arsenal is the game after that. We play them the following Saturday. Uh, that's at home. That's a three o'clock kickoff. And that, w- that will be a three o'clock. That won't, uh, that, that won't change. Obviously, Arsenal aren't in Europe and it's not been picked for a televised game. Uh, Rochdale will be the following week after that. That's week commencing the 20th of September. Uh, that's a home game in the third round of the Carabao Cup at Turf Moor. The date at the time we're recording this hasn't been confirmed yet. It'll be probably the Tuesday or the Wednesday. That'll be confirmed uh, shortly, no doubt. Uh, and then the following games after that, we've got three more coming up. Well, another one coming up in September, which is away at Leicester City on Saturday, the 25th of September. And the first two matches of October are at home to Norwich City on the 2nd of October. And uh, we're away at Manchester City for our uh, regular defeat on the uh, 16th. Unless we get a player in before then who scores goals against Manchester City. Anyone you can think of? Uh, oh, Ronaldo. Is that who you mean? We're not in no, the well, Ma- Ma- Maxwell Corne scored four goals in the Champions oh. League. In Manchester City. <laughs> Do you know what? It's only this afternoon. <laughs> oh, I'm an idiot. It's only this afternoon that I saw the headlines that apparently Ronaldo's going to City and it's only about 28 million or something ridiculous. So I, I just for a split second then thought that you were talking about Ronaldo coming to Burnley. I really don't know why that thought entered my head because that is... Um, unlikely. Uh, unlikely. And I suspect that that may get saved for the end-of-season awards of stupidest things that have been said by a non-Neville panellist. So, listeners, let's gloss over that one. I didn't say it. Um, That is all we have time for this week. So I'm going to wrap up once again with my thanks to everybody who's contributed to this week's preview show. Uh, To John McKenzie from The Opposition View. To Turf Moor Stadium announcer Dominic Walker for his specially recorded preview show announcements. To producer Matt, who does a fantastic job of knitting all of this together and basically just getting rid of me and... Dave's little errors and fits of giggles so thank you Matt Um, my special thanks always to Dave Roberts this is his show, it's his baby and he just puts so much work into this just because he loves doing it so we are very very lucky to have you Dave thank you again Um, and last but not more no means least of course thanks to you the listeners for downloading and listening to this episode your support is very much appreciated and we would not be here without you Um, what's going to happen now so the rest of the team will be back for the analysis show probably on Tuesday where we will hopefully be looking back at three very valuable points against Leeds United and then Dave and I will be back just at the end of the international break to give you a preview show for that Everton 
drinking game. So in the meantime, enjoy the international break, whatever you choose to do. Maybe get a little bit of uh, late summer sunshine or try and get out for the day. Um, if you are starved of football gossip or you just want to get some company, the team will still be here. You know how to get hold of us. You can interact with us on Twitter. You can go to our Facebook page. Or you can send us an email at previewshow at knownandever.net. We love getting your emails and we do respond if you want to start um, as pen pals. We will happily do that. Um, that's all we've got time for. We will see you next time. I've been Natalie Bromley. This has been the Preview Show from the Known and Never podcast. Until next time. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.